0: the hammer no you're not and we're back for another episode of dropping the hammer with dan lincoln fadden i'm Link fadden it is wednesday july 21st 2021 um and with me as always is my friend crow say hello crow
1: hello everyone and just as a side note just so you know how dedicated i am to this podcast i am recording during the, the nhl expansion draft so I didn't put it off. We're still doing it on a normal-ish day and time.
0: Okay. <laughs> and this is this is I I think I'm starting to say this every week, but um, we got a special episode today because we have our first return guest, um, and it's Mr. Matt Weaver from Auto Week. Um, fresh off, like, what are you fresh off reporting, Matt? Like, but what were you doing yesterday at this time?
2: Uh, I can't even tell you what today is i think today is wednesday (laughs) um last week i was in eldora i was at eldora for the king's royal which is a marquee sprint car race uh arguably the second biggest sprint car race of the year behind the knoxville nationals and uh a week down at uh you know new west in ohio to, to to cover that one and was still paying attention to the nascar stuff too i mean i have some pavement late model stuff I've got to pay attention to that's the thing man I mean trying to put together um, me appearing on the podcast this week was kind of a challenge just because it came on a week where so much happened and we we tried to do this last week and I was driving to to Eldora and we were in the middle of Eldora coverage and not only Mm -hmm. were we doing the 2021 Knoxville our Knoxville 2021 Kings Royal we also had the 2020 Kings Royal that was made up from last year with COVID. So we had mm-hmm. you know, double the Kings Royals. And I, I told you, I said, well, let's do it next week. Nothing's going on. It's the Olympic break for NASCAR. Things are going to slow down. And I think we found out on Friday that that Brad and, and Roush were
0: doing their thing on I think, Tuesday. I think, I think it was Thursday. I think I think the alert went out thursday okay that they're gonna do well, it i think i think so i, but, I
2: gave myself a little bit of, of, of runway and i said okay well next week's gonna slow down and we're going to, to <laughs> ease into the olympic breaks and I'm, I'm still waiting for the break i don't, I don't know when the break is
0: well I, I, my, my break will start like pretty much once we're done recording so um,
2: <laughs> lucky you
0: well hey man that's the i get i'm currently unemployed full-time i'm just a sporadic freelancer so um but yeah what po- was me i guess <laughs> I've, I've been on vacations technically since october 9th of last year um so <laughs> but but it's a good thing we we, we got another wait another week matt because um I, I wrote a list of things we we need to talk about and it's longer than last week <laughs> so
2: how long are we going four hours five hours or is, it, is this a marathon or are, are we marathoning a podcast Light lightning rounds, lightning rounds.
0: <laughs> but i really i wish we had like a, a spin dial that we could just like spin it all right what are we talking about so
2: See,
0: well, okay don't,
1: don't think about it as how long is this podcast think about it as
0: how much content we've created yes. <laughs>
2: it's, it's the friends you've made along the way
0: yeah it's it's not about the ending it's not the journey um Okay, so let's talk New Hampshire now. Um, I think it was Thursday um, that Bob Tweet, Bob Pockers tweeted out that they weren't going to be doing the PJ one. I was like, oh, well, so much for that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I quote tweeted, is it like, all right, well, New Hampshire had a good three year run with good cup races. Um, It's fun, fun, a lot lasted. And then that race went and pretty much blew the doors off the place as far as you know new hampshire can do um and then you have eric almirola um with a win that i was not i don't think any no one was expecting except eric almirola um so what what were were what were you anticipating from that race sunday and what, what were your thoughts coming out of coming out of it okay so i'm not
2: the biggest proponent of new hampshire haven't really enjoyed the racing there over the last forever. I'm not a big proponent of track bite outside of Bristol, pretty much forever. I do think the track bite has helped New Hampshire. Yes, they weren't able to lay the track bite down this year because they didn't want the Cup race to be the first race on it. They couldn't use it for the modifieds because when the modifieds stick their right sides in it, it shredded the tires. And plus, it actually decreased the width of the lane for them because they they drive on Hoosier. And the Hoosier tires do not respond well to the track bite. So people are trying to insinuate that, oh, well, see, we don't need track bite to have a really good race. That Uh. track is still stained with it. I promise you that there's still a lot of track bite on it. For the same reasons, by the way, that Texas is ruined forever. (laughs) The worst track on the schedule they made worse because of the track bite and the narrower racing surface there's still some track bite on there. And I think that's what kind of contributed to the racing there. The track bite has made New Hampshire better. I think the fact that there was still a little bit of it there kind of helped widen that track out. It was just, it was great. It was a great race. And also, and we can get into it. When you take three of the best teams and three of the best drivers out right from the very beginning, or in some cases, put them behind, it creates opportunities for other storylines and yeah. Eric Almiral is like, all right, full send. The, uh, we can he, he, talk he, about the playoff shakeup. We can talk about lap one. There's a lot of directions we can go.
0: Yeah, they're, they're all, So, like, during the pace laps, like on the NBC broadcast, they come on and say, like, there's still Weepers down in the lower parts of the turn. I'm like, then why are they on the track? Like, that was my immediate response. Why, if there's weepers, why are you on the track? Well, During
2: and... well, caution laps, you put them on the track because the weight of the, the cars driving over it will push the weepers up. So you actually want race cars on the racetrack because they'll heat the tires up and they push the water out of the weepers and you drive over it and then you spread it out or you dry it up that way. So having cars on the track under caution makes a lot of sense. What didn't make a lot of sense is that when you have drivers saying, you know, Kyle Busch, the quote was, it's effing raining, dude, quote. Or you have the turn one, turn two spotter saying, looks a little damp. And then the response from the tower is, one to go. Record scratch. Yeah. (laughs) It's raining, dude. But if you don't believe the drivers, I get it. You're not listening to the drivers anymore. You're not communicating with them in general.
0: Well, remember what, the, the week before that at Atlanta, Eric Amarola in the lead trying to get a coach. It's like, guys, it's raining out here. And all the other drivers are like, it's it's fine.
2: But there's no, there's nothing to be gained <laughs> on lap zero.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. There's no absolutely. on lap zero. Yeah, absolutely.
2: But I'll, I'll grant them that. I'll grant them that the drivers can be kind of prima donnas sometimes. I've, listen, my dad's a race car driver, okay? I've known race car drivers my entire life. They can be prima donnas. Yes. <laughs> I know they can be. So if you don't want to listen to them, I don't agree with it on lap zero, but it's your prerogative. When the turn one, turn two, or an announcer, turn one, and turn two, spotter, and your pace car driver is like, it's a little damp, got some raindrops, and your response is, wanted to go at the lawn, we got a systemic problem here because it's not purely in isolation. I I, I don't want to, to trash on race control unfairly. I know there's a lot of factors. The rain did pick up and made it worse, but there is a lack of trust from the competitors, from the garage, from the fans because of how you handled Circuit of the Americas. Yeah, there's a difference between racing on wet. And racing in the rain and racing in a hurricane there's there's a line and, and i would trust race control to know where that line is but they didn't so if that was just it in isolation too i'm like it's hard i get it last the, year in texas when it yeah. was so clearly obviously visibly raining and by the way this wasn't late in the race either i have blocked
0: like, i have blocked that week from my memory <laughs> like,
2: it, it was we're talking we're talking lap 14 yeah. There's no agenda for the drivers to gain
0: yeah.
2: saying hey we can't be racing on this there's nothing to be no one is on a strategy yet no one's trying to to stretch it they're like on lap 14
0: yeah and
2: they they screwed the pooch on that one too so what where i'm getting at is it's no longer a small sample size of not understanding how race cars react to rain mm-hmm. generally largely speaking and it and it's creating a lack of trust from the competitors in the sanctioning body from the drivers who no longer trust the sanctioning body and track owners and smi mm-hmm. and most importantly for the for the purpose of this conversation the fans no longer trust the sanctioning body to make the right calls and race control. And so I'm not saying fire anyone. I'm not saying that burn it all down. I'm just, I am imploring NASCAR to spend the next two weeks reassessing their procedures and saying, could we just stand to be a little bit more cautious when drivers are saying we can't do this because it's now three to nothing in favor of did this hurt or was it okay?
0: Well, I mean, you, you, you go all the way back to, to Texas last year. Like, this this year in general has been great, going back to the, the Daytona Road course when NASCAR throws a caution for the rain. And there wasn't anything, maybe just a little. And that Chase Elliott, it was probably Chase Elliott's race to lose he lost, and then we get Christopher Bell as the winner. He lost it in the pits anyway. And by and, the
2: way, that's with rain tires. So by the way, like, you you don't have to throw the caution there either.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it,
2: it's, four, it's four cases of really bad judgment
0: calls. And NASCAR's trying out wet tires on for short tracks, like Richmond, Martinsville, and um, there was, I think there was Discussions about maybe they'll have it. They might have brought them to New Hampshire, um, but they but they didn't because they're just not ready. So you have this underlying narrative going throughout the year about NASCAR's decisions when it comes to rain and them developing rain tires for ovals. So it. By the way, by the way,
2: so this is this is unrelated, but it's related to the larger point about a lack of trust. Remember when the track started to come up at Atlanta? Yeah. Okay. There is so little trust between the teams and SMI and the NASCAR industry at large. I got three separate texts within the next 12 hours after the race saying they staged that. Now, oh I'm not saying that it's true, but let me, but before you roll your eyes, I had to sit there and go, huh, because why would the track come apart in the tri There's no load there. All the loading's in the corner. Like if the track was to be pulled apart by the pressure, the downforce of the cars, it would be in the corner. Why would it come up there on the last race of this surface after there had been a public pissing contest between the drivers and SMI in the days leading up to it? I'm not saying that it's true. I'm not because I, I, I personally do not believe that. But where I'm getting at is it's indicative of this larger distrust between the teams, NASCAR, and SMI. And that sort of distrust wouldn't exist if not for moments like what happened in uh, New Hampshire and Daytona and Circuit of the Americas in Texas is one of those things where it's like, if you keep lying, and I'm not accusing anyone of lying, but I'm saying in a larger sense, that if we're in a relationship, if you keep lying to me why am I going to trust you? So circuit of the Americas, Texas, Daytona, New Hampshire, that's the equivalent of being lied to. And at Mm. a certain point it erodes the trust of the competitors, of the fans. And that's why if I'm NASCAR, you've got two weeks, you've got time to sit down and just think about it. Could you stand to be a little more, um, conservative or in this case, I guess liberal on when you do, or don't throw the caution? This or in the, face a, the green flag.
0: This feels like a great time to, to plug the book I'm currently reading about how conspiracy theories are formed, called "A Lot of <laughs> People Are Saying." Um, so, uh, yeah. But by the way,
2: by the way, coming back to the the theme again, conspiracy theories and and nonsense. I, I believe it's nonsense. Getting texts about you know Atlanta coming up and where it came up, that sort of thing is born from a lack of transparency. <laughs> Conspiracy theories don't exist in a vacuum. They form in bubbles of a lack
0: of transparency. Well, well, I, well actually, that book uh, goes into how you're talking about classic conspiracy theories. It's, it's, the book talks about how there's a new cons- form of conspiracies without the theory, which, which has just come out of nothing. There's no there's no dots to connect or anything. Um, so they they just come out of out of nowhere, whole cloth. But yeah, that. But a book yeah, a
2: lot of people are saying.
0: That's what the book's called. A that's lot a, of people a are saying.
2: Title, and I'm adding that to my to my Amazon queue right now. That sounds <laughs> that sounds brilliant. A lot of people are saying. You're right, totally.
0: So no, yeah, it, it's very it's it's good so far. It's, very, it's academic. It's 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 by, by you know it's a social uh, political science type of book, but um, it, it's interesting. So, um, but anyway, Crow. Well, since since you you basically watched the races tape delayed, um. What, what was your reaction to how the first few laps at New Hampshire played out?
1: So. So I watched it on the uh, NASCAR YouTube channel. And the thing about that is they cut all of the broadcast stuff off, right? So I had yeah. no, like there was no context. It basically the race basically just started and then people were spinning. <laughs> um, so, so there was no like lead up context with like announcers talking about anything right um, but you know I of course knew just from you know existing that you know that there was a spin early in the race and they had to red flag it and it was a whole mess Um, I, I'll say I as, as much as I'm not a fan of the Bush brothers like I definitely uh, feel for for is it Kurt or Kyle that was Kyle in the was fight. the
0: one who we wrecked. Well, yeah. yeah.
1: Kyle.
2: Um, and then tried to crash the pace car,
1: which honestly, I like, given the circumstances, is not the best reaction. I understand. I can't
2: it. believe he didn't get fined okay. for that at a minimum.
0: Okay, okay, maybe I didn't see a good replay of it, but I never. It just seemed like he just got close to the bumper. That no, was he, it. He hit it hard enough to
1: deform the bumper.
2: Yeah. It was a oh, break. okay. They had, they had to change out the pace car. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> I, I believe until being proven wrong, there looked to be some degree of malicious intent to try to rip the bumper off. Cause because when you when you hit it, turn left and then turn right, it's because you're trying to get a hold of the bumper and rip it off. Like I I believe that he was trying to rip the bumper off.
0: Okay, I, I guess I need to rewatch yeah. what happened because it maybe I, I was just seeing it in slow motion or I don't know because I from what I saw of it, it didn't seem like a big deal to me. And so, seeing- he got,
2: he got saved by by the end result and not his intent, because because the the end result was simply what people keep saying. Oh, well, Dale Earnhardt bumped the the pace car and Tony Stewart bumped the pace car. Yeah, but they weren't pissed at the sanctioning body either. So, I I, I don't know if it's completely comparable. But had the bumper come off, then it changes the narrative. And I'm not totally sure that Kyle wasn't trying to. Lightly tap because the way he drug his bumper and turn right, you're trying to drag it off.
1: Okay. Yeah. Out of context, like I thought, you know, maybe he thought he had something on the front of his grill or something, but then actually seeing the race, like, no, <laughs> like
0: he he's just mad.
2: <laughs> listen, listen. Tony and, had to tell him to stop. Yeah. But like, wait, yeah. who, who, who had to tell him to stop? Tony Hirschman.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah,
2: I'll
1: say the the most interesting story for me was uh, the whole Lugano thing um, because it just it it was a clear safety issue. Obviously, it affected his performance is getting the debris stuck in his throttle body and then he gets a two lap penalty, which I guess oh. is probably the letter of the rule, but it just didn't feel right because that's a I mean, that's probably the, one of the most dangerous things you can have as a hung throttle, right? Um, and but it, it, hung
0: throttles are at New, in New Hampshire are yeah, uh, I mean, notorious. So. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, and I, I was trying to get avoid getting that dark, but yeah. Um, Those
2: are very long straightaways. I, you yeah. I don't need to go into history to know what happens when you go to a long yeah. straightaway and a hard stop. Yeah.
1: yeah. And so it just, I don't know, it, it bothered me even though I understand that's the rules and you got to follow the rules, but um, it, I did enjoy watching him. I believe he got back up to f- he finished fourth
0: which is I didn't I didn't realize that until a couple of days ago that he he had gotten to the top 6. Yeah. It's like, "Oh, wow. That's that's impressive." Yeah.
2: That is a race-winning car. And he, he said it and he he felt convicted and I'm not totally sure he's wrong. Cuz obviously, you know, his teammates were very good, both of them were very good. Um and he he based on pure speed, I think he probably had better speed than both of them. But you can't touch the car.
0: But for, Ford in general, they were five of the top six, right? Yeah. That and they've only had up until yesterday three wins all year Gosh, from the, the team. Ford car.
2: I mean, we talked about the 10, and that's that, that's a surprise. But we keep <laughs> waiting for this, yeah. you know, sleeping dragon that is, you know, Rodney and, and Kevin to wake up. And you know they are much better this year on the, the 750 tracks, and I think they can make some noise. In the playoffs, that they're not a championship team, although that team owner, Tony Story, he's proven that if you just get to the playoffs, <laughs> you know, magic can happen. Yeah. And are, are yeah. you willing to just dismiss automatically Kevin Harvick and Rodney Childers? I'm not. And um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, Ford Ford showed some muscle there. And I think that 22 is probably the best remaining card, but that was a very deep hole they had to dig out of.
1: What was yeah, the not, actual not, penalty oh. for? Because that that wasn't clear in the broadcast.
2: Yeah, so if you touch the car, that's a penalty. So I, I don't know if they had to lift the hood. They, they just took a picture. But in, in touching the car, to be able to look at what they needed to get the picture, touch the car, initiate contact, working on the car. To, uh, so is it
1: working under the car under red?
2: Yeah, under the red. Okay. So until the red flag is lifted, you cannot touch yeah, the car. The initial so speculation
1: on the broadcast was that they, because he came down pit road when there was trucks uh, on, on it, like for the, like the safety trucks or something like that. Um, but th- that's why it was confusing. Cause I was like, I don't even know why he got a two lap penalty because there were conflicting things being said. Yeah, So
2: if you come down pit road early, that's to the tail end. If you touch the car under red, there's two laps. It's okay. basically the, um, <laughs> the Sterling Marlin penalty. You can't touch the car. <laughs> I, understand, I
1: understand. I understand that reference it. actually. Yeah. <laughs> it, I remember he was the one that got out of his car the, under red and was pulling
0: on the fender, right? Yeah. Leading the five hundred. Yeah. Was he, was he leading? Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah. Was that the that Was that the uh, the Ward Burton?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think. It, I think it was. Yeah. It was. So, <laughs> yeah. I understand. that. Uh, look, thank, thank you, Crow, for basically making a Captain America reference on here. I understand that reference. You have the reference. So, um, but no, like the, 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 the the battle between Kozlowski and Blaney was just incredible. Um, that, that, that's not like, I know because Kozlowski and Hamlin had their battle last year in this race, but it was nothing compared to what Kozlowski and Blaney did. And that's, that's the, that's the battle we got with teammates. I want to know what that battle would have been like if they hadn't been teammates. I think it would have been even better.
2: Listen, so so much of that race was good. I mean, we haven't even talked about the 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 call to, to end the race. Yeah. Uh what was it? Eight laps early was the difference. It was, it was lap, lap it, it was,
0: they had just started 18 to go when uh they did ten to go. So it
2: cost them so. eight laps. I think those eight laps would have made the difference to Christopher Bell.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He was coming, just ran out of time and um listen i I thought it was a fair call i have no problem with the call uh again going back to transparency they told you before that run started we're going to if we need to call it uh they waited until the pit cycle ran through so everyone's on the same everyone's largely on the same the same deal um i have no problem with that but I, i do think that made the difference between you know, Christopher getting his first win or second win of the year, and Garrett getting his first. Uh,
0: I I, I did I think I tweeted at some point. It's like okay, Matt De Benedetto, Matt Benedetto is leading this race. Uh, if, if NASCAR Nation had their knives out for the sanction body three hours earlier, if they call this race right now, I think uh, they will receive a lot of goodwill. <laughs> but um, but unfortunately for the Benedetto and Woodrose Racing, they did not call it. Um, but I, I did, I did buy Scott Miller explaining, like he said, like we have tinted windows up in uh race control. So it was get It was getting bad for us to see. It's like, okay, yeah, I get that. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, too, like
2: you can, I was, I was at the Talladega race and, uh, the one, the Reagan one yeah. run really late. Um, TV, I, I remember, I, I tell it day I'll watch until two to go and then two to go I'll run outside. and I remember watching those those last couple of laps leading up to the last restart and I'm like, oh, it looks pretty light outside you know yeah we, 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 we can run this thing no problem. I walked outside the door and all of a sudden it's like dark. the camera <laughs> the camera adds you a little bit of yeah of visibility and so I would just encourage everyone who watched the end of the broadcast. it looked pretty dim on tv so whatever it looks like on tv understand it's even darker and then you 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 include the the fact that they've got tinted windows upstairs Mm -hmm. totally totally the right call i get it and i think that they did a great job of giving everyone the transparency that it's coming they waited until the the fuel cycle had had worked its way through the, the various strategies and then they called it have no problems with how they did that and with the caveat that the extra eight laps probably would have made a difference to the 20. Yeah. But it didn't. Those are the rules. Everyone knew it was coming. Totally fair race. And it gave us a cool storyline too. Completely shakes up the playoffs. And by the way, Austin Dillon blocking for his dear playoff life as he should well, have.
0: Well, 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 do you, do you what I was thinking about in that moment was I was thinking back to the Daytona 500 that Austin Dillon won when he, when he turned Eric Almirola going to turn three on the last lap. That's what I was thinking about. It's like what's Eric Almirola gonna do right here? Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's well, what... so, so here's what I was thinking. <laughs> if for whatever reason, Austin is really blocking his ass off. Like he is really like holding the 10 up. Yeah and the twenty starts to really he, he was losing about um not quite half a second, but he was losing about a half a second behind that three so like the lead was like five seconds so for like Mm -hmm. two laps it's like four and a half four little under four and I'm like you're holding him up and he finally got around the three but I thought to myself you know what if you send him to Maine if you send Austin Dillon to Maine right now race over so that's a caution end of the race darkness so I'm like Uh I understand why Austin's doing it because it's his playoff life he needs the 20 who already has a win past the 10 but I thought to myself, "Man, you're pushing your luck. And if you if you hold him up one more lap, he is going to ship you to Maine, and that's going to be the end of the race."
0: Yeah, that <laughs> that would have been like I wasn't even thinking about the playoff standings really at that point. But I like looking at them after that race. There is there is the outside probability <laughs> that Denny Hamlin. <laughs> could not make the playoffs oh
1: my, oh my, yeah. like okay so and so honestly at remember, this point i'm i'm cheering for that outcome if he doesn't win i like, don't so know why it frustrates me so much that he still has the points lead and hasn't gotten a win but it really does
0: but uh, yeah i don't i don't even know what his the differential is between him and larson right now That's um, true. Or no, 13, 13. 13, okay. So he, he's, he's starting to gap him again. um. But yeah, for everyone listening, uh, there's only three spots remaining with four races left in the regular season. Denny Hamlin is 283 points above the cut line. Kevin Harvick is 82. And Tyler Reddick Tyler is five, as, as Matt was mentioning. Austin Dillon is negative five points behind his teammate, Tyler Reddick. Chris Buescher is minus 121. Then you have De Benedetto who is minus one 143, and Ross Chastain is 20th with minus 144. So you have four races left. One of them is Daytona, two of them are road courses. So you have three wild cards surrounded, and then you have Michigan. Um, so there is by the-, the
2: way, that is a 550 race, so it's kind of a wild card, too. So that's okay. I, All I, right. I think back to because- let me tell you why. I think back to Kentucky last year, you know, Cole Custer. Those crazy restarts, Yeah. you know, everyone trying yeah. to fight tooth and nail to get every position you can. If you're trying to give a scenario, which I think you are right now, that you can get those four surprise winners. I don't think Michigan is not a wild card race, too, because of the 550 package.
0: Well, remember, like a month ago, there, well, you know, back in February, March, we're saying, hey, can we get 16 different winners? And then, like may and june that was gone like oh no no and now we're back to it i never gave up (laughs) hope
2: it's not happening like record me right now like social this part we're not going to have 16 different winners book it if not i'll i'll eat a sock i'll eat my little canadian socks that i'm wearing right now if we have a scenario where where denny hamlin misses the playoffs but i said it i said i would eat a sock right here on the air (laughs) hold me to it it's not happening
0: Crow, yeah, so here, please make sure you cut up that video oh, and yeah. send it to me. Oh, yeah. Um, so, Field day. So here, here's my thought experiment.
1: OK, <laughs> so you are one of the drivers that has clinched a spot in the in the playoffs, right? There's one spot left. Um, you're leading and the person directly behind you has not won a race. And it's not Denny Hamlin. It's someone who it's like a you know McDowell level driver. Do you let him pass you, and win,
0: and knock Demi Hamlin out of the playoffs? Oh boy, that that that's is that the hundred percent rule, Matt? Is is, is this Richmond two thousand three territory?
2: There is no such thing as the hundred percent rule it's, it's, <laughs> or shit. That was never really a thing, and it was just tough talk from the sanctioning body. That's never really been enforced because there's no way to to quantify or qualify it. Like whatever. But it's an interesting question and I, I don't think they would because all wins are sacred and it would be such a utter shitstorm storm. <laughs> if, if you had like radio communication between the teams trying to orchestrate doing that and that would be almost 2013 spin gate level shenanigans to try to, you know, coordinate that. Um, I mean, listen, it, it, it was a, it was a complete cluster. When you had um, when you had uh, the Ross Chastain blocking tile for Kurt, right? So this takes that sort of like scrutiny and and intention and the reaction theater, and you like amplify it by a hundred. And mm-hmm. you're trying to coordinate getting someone else in, so to bump Denny out. But by the way, keep in mind that if Denny is the regular season champion. He gets in no matter what. Yeah. You do have to factor mm. that in as well. Yeah. If he's the points leader after 26 races, he gets a spot and it would bump out the winner with the fewest amount of points mm-hmm. out of the playoffs.
0: So we need Kyle Larson to take over the points lead between so, now
2: and be doing a lot of math late in the uh the final race, which is Daytona. And by the way, it's Daytona too. So good luck yeah. trying to coordinate, letting someone pass you in the draft. and all these other things we well, don't and, have to
1: coordinate it you just have to just you know mess up slightly at the but, end but,
2: you, but when you do that at daytona when you mess up slightly at daytona yeah, yeah there's, 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 there's zero champion.
0: margin for error yeah. there right. and,
2: and plus by the way if you cause that 13 car pileup maybe that's the difference between denny being the regular season champion and larson being the regular season champion <laughs> so there's just a lot of math you're having to do and a lot yeah. of things not going to happen i appreciate the question and it's a fun thought exercise
1: look we're the theme of this episode is conspiracies okay it
2: is is. (laughs) i heard people say that we're going to we're going to a lot of people
0: a lot of a lot of people are saying that denny Hamlin might not make the playoffs (laughs) a lot
2: of people are, are saying that you could conspire to bump denny out of the playoffs
0: if y'all uh, both so, text like, me,
2: so,
1: if y'all if both send me a text suggesting this, then I can just say that I've gotten multiple
0: texts about this. <laughs> so, so we have, we have Watkins Glen, we have uh, Michigan. Yeah, we have.
2: Let me ask you this: so you watch way more old content than I do. Yeah. Is there a historical precedence, whether for the regular, you know, the, the Latford system, or any of the playoff systems, for? a guy being the points leader for this long without a win and having a chance at a championship without a win?
0: I don't know. Um, I really don't know. Um, I do know, like, I, I think of, like, the 98 championship season where Jeremy Mayfield held, held the points lead in 98 for a while, and I did not know that until I was watching that season next year. It was like
2: June, though, right?
0: It, I think it was, like, till right after the Coke 600, right? right around there. Yeah. Um, but I yeah I I don't uh, that that should someone needs to write write that story I would like to write that story like he, he we are twenty two races into the season Jenny Hamlin has held the points lead for every race except the Daytona five hundred
1: Daniel um, I think you should write that story
0: so yeah
2: <laughs> I, I just I don't know what the historical comparison would be because like we I don't I don't think we've seen a modern era or post modern era. Season of a of a points leader who has run as good as Denny Hamlin has, just hasn't closed out and, and got a single win. Like he's a championship guy. Like if he ends up oh, yeah. at, at Phoenix, I would not be shocked. He runs top five, top ten every single week, and he's scoring playoff or championship points every single stage. Yeah. It's just, things keep happening. It's so this weird. Like- and I don't know what the historical comparison would be
1: this is a very niche comparison but he's the uh, he seems like he's the george st pierre of nascar very technical very good but he has a formula that he uses when it comes to to racing or in the case fighting and he follows it to the t and does not deviate and it can be kind of boring
0: who who, 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 who is who is who is george st pierre one of the best mixed martial artists of all oh, time. Okay. okay.
2: Still not as good as Kazushi Sakuraba, though. All
0: right. All right. This is not this is not an MMA. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on.
2: This is where this season's heading though. Okay. Denny Hamlin makes the, the final four without a win because he's the regular season champion. So he gets his 15 uh playoff points compared yeah. to Lawrence's 10. So he he rides those playoff points. He gets a couple more stage wins during the playoffs. He rides that all the way to Phoenix. He's going to be in the final four without a win. And it's the first year that a champion is crowned without winning. The I wanted that. Like,
0: I, I, okay, I am pro playoff format. I am pro elimination. I like it. I think it's great. But I want to see someone break it. I, I, I want to see it happen. Crafton did in the truck series. And Brian Newman almost did it the very first year in 2014. He came a restart away. <laughs>
2: So, so what if that crowned Vinny Hamlin as a winless cup series champion?
0: I I, I don't think he'd care. It's like I mean he, he's
2: still, he wouldn't care. But yeah. what do you think the reaction would be? The way that people still respond to this day, all the debates about the Kenseth season in two thousand
0: two. Or the Crafton season. No, it's just it's just proof. People say oh consistency doesn't matter. Yes, it does if yes it does. It clearly does. <laughs> you, NASCAR so.
2: NASCAR to their credit fix this playoff format with the introduction of stages and playoff points. Because those first two years that we had the elimination format in 14 and 15, the playoffs were a total circus. Newman was able to backdoor his way in. He backdoored his way in. Uh, Byron was cheated just because he had an engine let go with eight laps to go at Phoenix and had nothing else go wrong in his playoffs. Total crapshoot. Jeff Gordon should have been in, in the final four in 2014. He had two second place finishes and has won 26 in Texas at fighting with Brad, um, the, the the stages, the playoff points, mm. the championship points, it makes sure that if you had regular season and season-long consistency, mm. that does matter in the playoffs. And I think right now, again, to NASCAR's credit, I want to hammer this point home because NASCAR has gotten this part right so well. This is the best version of a playoff that has kind of the the randomness or the excitement of a playoff, while also rewarding regular season mm. season long excellence. This system m- marries both of those so well.
0: Yeah, that, everything you said I agree with. Um, so yeah, four races left. Watkins Glen. Um, I don't think I'm saying this in the wait. What's the order of the races? Hold on.
2: Uh, Watkins mm. Glen, uh, Indy, uh, Michigan, Daytona. Uh, Indy, but. darling. You no, know, Darlington's
0: in the playoffs now. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, Washington, in Indianapolis, Michigan, Daytona. Yeah. All right, G- give since we're we're just in hairbrained conspiracy theory mode for this. Give me like, give me your off the wall. Who who wins those four races and who and who who's gonna knock Denny Hamlin out of the playoffs? <laughs> it's not gonna
2: happen. Like I said, I'll, but
0: like we're like again we're, we're in conspiracy theory mode. Listen, listen, I've
2: already said on the air that I'm gonna eat my <laughs> Canadian socks. If if it happens, so I'm not going to sit here and give you a, a reason that it is. And let, hold on. I'll, I'll play. I'll play. Yeah, just, just play. Just play. Yeah. So you want me to give you a scenario where it does happen?
0: Yeah. Who who okay. wins? Who who wins those races? As part of this, Kyle Larson is the points leader at the end of Daytona. Yeah. Okay.
2: So uh... Harvick wins the Glen. Okay. 750 track.
0: I think he only has one win there.
2: I know, but he has one there. Okay. And so, listen, listen we're stretching. We are yeah. absolutely stretching. Yeah. We yeah. Uh, then we go to... Indy. Uh, Indy, Indy. Indy road um, course.
0: It's the road course. Remember, it's the road course.
2: Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. So, we're going to go with... We're um, stretching hard here... Um, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be realistic here, too, this thought exercise. Um, because basically, for this to work, we're going to have to load up on, on Stuart Haas cars. So if those <laughs> are the people where it's like outside of Denny that should have won by now. You can make the argument for like Briscoe because Briscoe a really good racer. So like, I guess Briscoe or IMS we are really having to stretch this now, right? Because who else could realistically win a road course race? That hasn't already won a road course
0: race. Ross Jastine. He
2: not a road course race.
0: Have, have you have you seen his results on road courses this year?
2: I have, and I talked to him about it, and he's like, "I don't know how this is happening. It's not me." That's <laughs> so it's like I
0: don't know. Like I was, I was, I was, I, was I was, standing next to you when he said that.
2: <laughs> okay. But, yeah. Okay. So, so, yeah. It's, but like, no. that so it's, like, it's not me. I don't know how. So like, and I know we're stretching this to make it fit the narrative. I was like, I, I, I'm not buying into this, but we we, we listen, we could go there because we're living in fantasy land right yeah. now. So
0: yeah, like
2: I could say Anthony Alfredo's gonna win okay. Daytona. Book it, Anthony <laughs> Alfredo wins Daytona.
0: Okay, all right, all right, no, hey, okay.
2: hey, front row at Daytona.
0: Okay, I'm going for Watkins Glenn, I'm going Daniel Suarez. Um, for Indy, I'm going Ross Chastain because he's one of the few cup guys that has actually gotten to race on that road course. Um, Michigan, Harvick, he swept there last year. And um, Daytona, let's go with... Um,
2: the sauce. The sauce is the boss.
0: No. Um, for for an incredible uh, Cinderella storyline... The um, sauce! No, no. Uh, the 100th win... For Wood Brothers Racing. Um, I'm gonna go with Matt De Benedetto De, de, de Benedetto. to <laughs> you
2: be know, you
0: know, about this? I refuse to use the nicknames like that. I hate them. Weed-o. I hate it. Uh, but yeah, Matt De Benedetto at Daytona. That that's that's gonna be my four that will knock Denny Hamlin out of the playoffs. Enlarged um, regular
2: season champion in this scenario.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. so, okay. So, um, I guess we're winding down since we, I just mentioned Matt Benedetto. What, what, what is your take on his exit from the Wood Brothers and um, his future at this point?
2: You gotta win, man. Yeah. You gotta win. Like that's that is a Penske prepared car, and even if for a second you want to lead me to believe that it gets only part of the attention, or it doesn't have the same number of attention to detail as the other Penske cars. Okay. Well then maybe it should be a 10th place car instead of a 17th place car or whatever. And we can talk about the crew chief or we can talk about circumstances, the parts freeze. Those are a lot of reasons. And
0: like you, a practice. You, yeah.
2: Right. Maybe you can interpret that as an excuse. I don't, I don't care. It doesn't. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like if you're trying to, convince roger penske or the wood brothers or whoever that you belong in the car you've had two years and you didn't get it done and it all comes back to listen we all we all like matt and so i'm not knocking that but it's like if if you bring nothing you bring no sponsorship dollars to the table and so all that you theoretically bring is your big arms and the promise that you you can use them to, to steer it to a win, you best use them big arms to steer it to a win. And that yeah. hasn't happened. So with Harrison Burton, you have a guy that brings money. who brings some degree of money. And who's won. And has, has, has won at that level. Hasn't won this year, by the way. But still. Whatever. But Whatever. still. Yeah, those, those, but most importantly, the next-gen car. You're, yeah. you're building for the future. You believe that Harrison Burton can be your your driver for the future, and you want to get him a head start in that car. Because even if for a second you believe that Matt Benedetto could be that driver for the next two years, okay, well, two years from now you're looking for a young driver, and now everyone else has learned how to drive the next-gen car. Mm-hmm. You're doing it now, and I I thought that it was unusually terse from Roger Penske and how he addressed Matt on on Sirius XM about how. He gave himself false hope and that we gave him that extra year to build his brand and he didn't win. And that's really what it keeps coming down to. And
0: he he said we made it clear to him last year. You, you weren't he was in like so when
2: Brad's departure changed the game. And I think that he allowed himself to think, oh well then if 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 Brad is leaving the two and Austin's gonna be in the two, well then I have chemistry and cohesion with the team. Well, yeah, that chemistry and cohesion resulted in a fired crew chief and yeah. 19th in points and zero wins.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, it, it, it's a business, and when you don't bring when you don't bring sponsorship, you got to bring performance.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And he squeaks into the playoffs at Daytona last year. He isn't going to be in the playoffs, barring that sort of upset scenario. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: It's time to build for the future. The next gen is about the future, and it's about having a young driver. And I've watched Harrison Merton race his whole life. That's crazy when I think about it. I remember seeing the first time I met Harrison, he was 12. <laughs> so I've, I've, I've known him for a long time, and he's a really smart race car driver. He's a really talented race car driver. And maybe he is going to be Matt DiBenedetto, maybe. But when you're younger and you bring a little bit of funding, it buys you a longer you know, runway than a guy that has no wins
0: and no money, and like Matt keeps saying, like the Benedetto, not not you, Matt. Uh, the Benedetto keeps saying he he, he, oh, he oh he I don't know if he's kept saying it, but he has said that he doesn't see himself racing in trucks for Fendi, Xfinity. He thinks he belongs in Cup, and I'm like, based on what? Yeah,
2: most most so like his brand, is interviews or social media clips that inspire pity sympathy
0: Sympathy, pity
2: empathy and pity
0: yeah
2: and i get it because he i believe that he believes that circumstances and misfortune changes the entire narrative Mm -hmm. i believe that if he closes out on bristol somehow that one win changes everything. In the same way, by the way, it changes the entire narrative around Brad Kozlowski winning for James Finch at Talladega in the way that launched his career and gave mm. him the best stuff around him. I believe that he believes that that one change, you know, one star aligning more with the other, changes the entire narrative, but it didn't. Yeah. And in the absence of a win, no video, no Facebook post is going to keep you in the Cup Series.
1: I feel like he's in a weird kind of limbo state where he's better than a decent chunk of the drivers, but not good enough to have like a even like a mid being a mid tier team. And so like even though he's better than the Quinn Hoofs of the world, like they have their own thing going, you know.
2: Wait, what is that thing, by the way? I
1: mean, they just can pull these weird sponsors and just I think as that long weird. as they get them on the track. that
2: weird? yeah <laughs> it's not that weird at all
1: yeah but you know what i mean like like they're fine pulling in you know these smaller scale sponsors and just getting out there on the track and being a billboard
0: and but yeah he can't get anything uh, yeah i get it yeah.
1: so so with, no,
2: but no, but, and the reason why is you can either bring one of two things to the table you can either bring race winning talent or you can bring race paying money and in the absence of bringing race winning talent and if you don't have race buying money, that's that's that limbo you talk about. But it's self-inflicted because driving a car that had Gibbs support, I'm not saying that it was a Gibbs car, but let's say again that it's five, six places down the grid from the actual Gibbs cars. That's still a car that you should have pulled off a win at Bristol in. Same thing with driving a Penske car. Let's say for a second that it's not a Penske car. That's still a car. By the way, that car, that car, that car is better than the car that won on Sunday right now, based purely on the data, and the numbers, and the math. Eric Almirola. Eric, talk about this weird cycle that we live in. Eric Almirola has lived in this world to where he Uh-oh. struggles to find money. He gets a win, Resigns his sponsor, struggles. It's mm-hmm. a big win. Resigns a sponsor, struggles. By the way, that win. That very well could have saved his career, but when it's put up or shut up time, like Matt De Benedetto is in, when it's put up yeah. or shut up time in a contract year with both the sponsor and the team, Eric Almirola won. Matt DiBenedetto didn't. Matt De Benedetto didn't. That very well could be the difference in what they're doing next year.
0: Uh, okay. You're totally right. Like I was, I was wanting to kind of close this out on Almirola because so what? What does this, okay? He now has three cup wins. Um, the first two were at. Um, super speedways. The first one, rain shortened at Daytona, um, and then the the Talladega one. That was the one where the Stuart Haas cars just like broke off on their own, right? And then I think Kurt Busch ran out of gas on the last lap. So the, the both those two wins had just weird things over it. And then uh, Elmer also had that Bush Series race where he was probably going to win. And then I don't know if you're aware of this, Crow. Uh, the sponsor was so adamant that Denny Hamlin be in that car uh, because I don't know what was Hamlin like practicing at a cup okay. race. Or, yeah. so, so, completely, yeah, completely different track. He got New helicoptered. New walking Mile. Walking Mile. Okay. He got helicoptered into the track mid race. And Eric Almorola, who was the substitute driver, got pulled out while he was leading. And Denny Hamlin got in and drove off, won the race. out Eric Elmoral is technically the winner of record, but Denny Hamlin actually won the race. So yes, Sunday. Sunday's race in New Hampshire is like the first um legitimate.
2: It's the first NASCAR national touring win did not take place on a super speedway.
0: Yeah. that, um, he,
2: closed, that he personally closed out on.
0: So and records
2: indicate otherwise. But. <laughs> yeah. No, his wife. He 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 said that his wife actually kind of gave him a hard time about. It. He's like, I really yeah. hope that you win a race, not at Daytona or Talladega, because they're going to use that against you.
0: <laughs> so, but that's, that's my question, man. So, so now, like, what what what's the narrative around Eric Emeryla as a Cup Series driver, in your opinion?
2: Listen, I, I I think that if this is a baseball phrase, but but humor me for a second. In baseball, you have what they call a. Um, <clears throat> a, um, replacement level player. And that, that is that if you take a player and replace him with a comparable minor leader, that you get equal or slightly more value. And I think that Eric Amarola is probably a league average player and that the right equipment can win you a race and he's not an elite race car driver. No one will mm-hmm. ever confuse him for one. Eric world takes care of his equipment. He never tears up stuff of his own doing. Like he just doesn't. He is a very efficient race car driver. And maybe that efficiency has cost him, you know, better results. Maybe maybe he could have stood to be more, more um more cutthroat of a race car driver, if you will. But he's efficient. He he doesn't cost the team more. He he covers his sponsorship money. He's a great partner. Um, you know, he's he's sold the hell out of some bacon. And that has value. That has value going back to the De Benedetto thing. You know, if, if you can be a slightly above just slightly above average race car driver, and you can sell merchandise, you're set for life. And here's the bluntest way of putting it. Eric Amarola is everything that Matt De Benedetto has strived to be. Mm. You just can't get there.
0: That's one way of putting it. Like I was I was gonna say, like he, he at least our moral is now like on some levels, at least he's not David Reagan. Yeah. Uh, he he is no longer in like the David Reagan conversation when it comes to Cup Series drivers. I don't think oh, he
2: ever was though. Because I, I think that um oh, I dropped, I dropped a pokeball. Um <laughs> I, I don't think he's ever I don't think he was quite David Reagan because I, I think that we was on I think the world of David Reagan, David Reagan's Great guy. David Reagan in the 18 Gibbs car told us probably what his ceiling was. It was not good. He had one really good run in Martin's before Kyle got back. Didn't work out too well. Um, Eric Almarolo has been, again, a very efficient driver, top 10 driver. Like he's fine. He's above he's he's above definition average. He's not exceptional not below average if the cut line is here on average it's here and that's not david reagan i think david reagan is probably there
0: but but, but but i'm just saying like stuck around a long time probably longer than he should have had two wins, both at super speedways he's now di- differentiated himself well david it, reagan it, it,
2: the value of a david reagan has actually been david reagan's always provided value it, it comes like the value Like, what are you bringing the team Is it like race winning performance? Is it your race buying, whatever? David Reagan was always a great partner for his sponsors. Even when he got in that 18 car, man, he did great for interstate batteries. They even actually jumped on board for some extra plate races for David as a thank you for the work that he put in while Kyle was injured. He actually raced the July race at Daytona Uh, that wasn't on the schedule. But interstate batteries wanted to say thank you David for going above and beyond on the activation front. Uh, even right now, do we know what David Reagan's doing right now?
0: Uh posting xenophobic tweets about strawberries?
2: He is the he is the Ford R D driver for the next gen. Okay. He is he is he is the next gen driver for Ford and has done a ton of work for those guys and helping them get that car ready. Mm-hmm. Stewart haas team penske um and i don't think a lot of people realize that like david is the reason why that car has all the data and he he's doing all the simulation work he goes up to uh for performance and concord and he's in the simulator that's his value whether it's yeah. sponsors to the r d to the manufacturer you have to be one of those things
0: mm-hmm.
2: to stick at this level and eric Eric has been a great sponsor guy and he's been above average enough Mm. that the performance has been good for the sponsor and he's good enough in commercials or activation or in um, the suites, all those little things you have to do. People, people, I think the average fan doesn't understand what it takes to be a cup series driver. And everyone wants to look at numbers and the results and you can do it that way, but you you better be really freaking
0: mm-hmm.
2: if you're going to do that. You better be Jeff Gordon, you know Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch levels good. If you're not, and a lot of people aren't, you need to be good with sponsors and you need to be good with the manufacturer, R and D development, whatever.
0: All right. Okay. This now this is the last thing I, I, I want to go out on, Matt. Okay. Crow, have, did you watch any of the SRX races? I have not. Okay. All right, Matt. Next season, season two of the SRX racing experience. Uh, I'm spotting you uh Slinger in Nashville because I think those two tracks should be back on the schedule next year. give Give me the other four races tracks that that series should visit next year.
2: so we're doing we're doing six again.
0: yeah, six yeah'm okay, well, I mean, I'm, I'm giving you Nashville and Slinger. Give me the give me the other four.
2: I'm actually taking well, Slinger was a great race, so I think you have to keep Slinger on. I actually think that the pavement tracks, they're on. If you have to hold me to six, Stafford's a great choice. Because I I, I assume you all haven't been to Stafford, right?
0: No, I, w- I watched that race, and that race didn't do much for me. Yeah. So.
2: Stafford is a great facility. They actually dumped a lot of money into the garage area. They have some suites. They have a really nice press box. So like from a facility standpoint, something that a lot of fans don't see, um, if you don't want to go to Stafford again, Thompson, because Thompson's even better than Stafford, and you're kind of serving that same region. And okay. it's a slightly different race. I'll say Thompson instead of Stafford, but you stay in that region. Is that region is race crazy? It's a great facility. Start there. I'll, I'll, I'll give you Slinger because it was a great race in Nashville because it's a great racetrack and it's a great market. Uh, the three dirt tracks, um, so there has to be three dirt tracks, unless you want to go two dirt tracks and one road course.
0: Well, I think Everton has said they want to go to a road course. So yeah. Yeah,
2: but I don't think you can do that with six races. I think then you have to add you'd have to add a seventh. And I don't want to do too many more. Like seven is my max. I mm-hmm. think this worked because it's over and people are like, man, I wish we were doing that this weekend too, especially with no cup race. And I think people are like, man, I want one more. You want them wanting one more. Yeah. So maybe seven. Absolutely. I don't want any more than seven though. And I would say three dirt tracks, three short tracks, one road course. Um, it's hard for me to tell you that they they could do any other dirt tracks that they aren't doing. I mean, Eldora and and Knoxville are two of the most, you know, prestigious facilities in the world. Um, Volusia, Volusia is a great facility in in, in Florida, uh, 15 minutes down the road from Daytona. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got you. you. When we we do speed weeks, we do New Smyrna, Volusia and Daytona. Um, so I would say Eldora, uh, Knoxville, Volusia, Thompson, Slinger, Nashville. And you're going to give me a road course. I, I want to get really creative. <laughs> First of all, there's not a lot of road courses that you can do on a Saturday night, right? Yeah. That's the, that's the hard part. So depending on when we do this, and this is post, a post-COVID world, if we can bring in the temporary lights, enough lighting to do it, Toronto,
0: the streets of it's, it's, Toronto, oh.
2: alongside IndyCar and the NASCAR Pinty Series. Mm. But again, listen, I'm just spitballing, and
0: oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, we're in conspiracy theory world Right. Yeah, I was at uh, <laughs> I was at the
2: IndyCar races in downtown uh, Houston, and um, one of the promoters of that event was actually Ray Hall, Bobby Ray Hall. And it was so hot they wanted to actually bring in temporary lights and make it a nighttime mm, okay. race and they couldn't get the money to do it but imagine having you know the streets of toronto where you have you know nascar penties on friday friday night if you have the lights there actually if you have the lights there you can do it all weekend every light race would be under the light friday night nascar <laughs> penties under the lights saturday night um, SRX and then Sunday afternoon, late evening, whatever you want to do it. IndyCar. Maybe that's the one day race. I don't know. All
0: right.
2: I'm just kind of spitballing though. Let's, let's do it in Toronto. It's an international race.
0: <laughs> okay. I, I like that. That'd, 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 be, that'd be off off the wall for sure. So, okay. So we're, we're going into a two week break. What's on your schedule for the next two weeks? Will you have any time off, Matt?
2: <laughs> I don't know how to take time off. So uh, this coming weekend, I'm going to go to Pensacola, Five Flag Speedway. Twin 100s, huge stacked entry list. Eric Jones is making his first return to Five Flags Speedway since 2014. Two-time Snowball Derby winner. First time in a super late model in a long time. But also, 33 cars on the entry list, Friday and Saturday, a doubleheader. Uh, The weekend after that, um, Hickory. Hickory, North Carolina. One of the coolest races I would encourage, especially you, McFadden, because I know you love Old races, we have the throwback late model weekend at Hickory. Okay, throwback two seventy six, and unlike NASCAR, because you have to use the actual current numbers and you can't really use the old sponsors, no one cares can, for late models.
0: You can do whatever you, want. you can do whatever you
2: want. <laughs> yeah, they actually bring back identical cars. Ty Gibbs ran, you know, an identical, you know, Bobby Labonte paint scheme one year. Um, Deke McCaskill is running the NWO wrestling car that <laughs> Kyle Petty drove in
0: 1997.
2: Was wow. Um, we've had, I'll send you the link to the previous paint schemes. So I think you'd love it. But we're going to go there and it's going to be old late model paint schemes, old NASCAR Bush series paint schemes, old NASCAR Cup paint schemes. It's going to be about 60 late models. And every single one of them will be dressed like an old NASCAR or NASCAR late model sportsman cool. team from the nineteen eighties. And it's at Hickory, which is one of the great, you know, American NASCAR short tracks. And they have a bunch of legends. Last year they had or the year before last year, they had Harry Gant, they had um Dr. Jerry Punch, they had um Randy LaJoy. They had a bunch of like old 80s and 90s NASCAR personalities, and it's just a celebration of stock car history every July. So that's two weeks from now. <clears throat> uh, Knoxville Nationals the week after that. It never ends.
0: I just I just remembered you, you asked about um, who was the last driver to go this deep into a season leading the points. And well, I went, well, I forgot that 98 season. Yeah, it was, we had, yeah, we had this conversation at the Coke 600, me and some people with front stretches like, yeah, 98, Jeremy Mayfield led the points at the all-star break. And hadn't won a race, mm. so that that was the most recent time that someone had made it that far.
2: We're too far that far.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I want to know where what, what that point is. So okay, so where Matt can everyone find you?
2: Uh that's a great question because I don't even know where to find me half the time. <laughs> you guys had a hard time finding me this week, but no, I mean I'm I'm always active on social at Matt Weaver AW Matt Weaver Motorsports on Facebook. Uh, You can find me all across the country driving that same old 2003 Silverado. It's still kicking. We're 27 miles short of 400,000. I can't wait to take the picture. The next time I leave to go to the grocery store or gas station, that's where I am at all times, usually the Silverado, driving
0: down the road. All right. Well, thanks, Matt, for joining us. And um, we're we're taking the break with the podcast since there's a two-week break. So we won't be back until after... Uh, Watkins Um uh, Be sure to follow me on Twitter.
2: Huh? Crazy. <laughs> Pick it up. Oh. You you have you have an audience hanging on their their last breath. They're, they with, with bated breath. They uh, want more. <laughs> dropping the hammer.
0: Oh yeah. I, well. I, yeah. They'll they'll get it after Watkins Glenn. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is long enough. We may have to break it up into two episodes. Oh, so.
0: that, that's the that, that's not that's not a bad idea. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, follow me on Twitter at Dan McFadden. Uh, you can follow Crow on Twitter at DTH Crow. Follow us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fadden And um, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Share it. Um, let let other people enjoy this two hour and 35 minute conversation. About uh, NASCAR it's... conspiracies. <laughs> welcome welcome to NASCAR conspiracies after dark. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, th- Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks.